Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away okay it helps if we turn on microphones before we start recording i know it's a big deal doesn't seem like somebody that's as genius of a me would forget to do that but i did um so a little bit of a of a weird follow-up after last week's podcast if you were lucky enough to hear that before we hey uh before we were asked to take it down then you know what it was about it was about human trafficking and uh kind of sexual abuse of minors and and some some disgusting stuff like that and uh told martin i'm like hey do you ever check out rt which is russia today it's this it's it's a pretty open news source i mean you can't really I wouldn't lean on them as far as being honest and truthful about anything that has to do with Russian politics. Um, I don't, I don't know how that works. I just probably would keep them at a distance on that one. But as far as everything else, it's, it's pretty good news source. Um, And this one here, which I've heard about the beginning of this story, but I don't think I ever got to the, uh, this newest uh, opening Disney employee nabbed in 
child sex predator sting. Uh, police and deputies in Polk County have arrested a Disney World bus driver for attempting to solicit a 15-year-old girl for sex. Eleven other suspected child predators were also apprehended in the operation several months earlier. Four Disney workers were picked up by the officers in a similar sting. Um, 49 felonies. Four of the suspects were arrested after turning up to meet people they thought were children to sexually batter them. What What the fuck? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's pretty disgusting. I mean, I guess like if if you're if you're a sick person and you are looking for a place to be, that's a place to be. But come on, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, the more we dig into uh, this whole human trafficking thing, it's just there, there's so many little avenues and alleys. You know, it's not what we think of as just, you know, kids getting abducted from, you know, parks. Yeah. I mean, this is like everywhere. Yeah. And it's it's as I think of creative as like a positive word, but but not in this situation. It's not creative, but it's kind of as creative as you can get when you're thinking about like where this is going. Like it's as it's as light as, you know, trying to solicit pictures to as dark as like right here, trying to meet up with a four, 13 and 14 year old trying to sexually batter them. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's but the thing that's scary is it's, uh, you know, it's like police politicians. I guess that's not too surprising. Um, you know, people in the community that you wouldn't even think of. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, you know, it's probably I I'm trying to like. I guess kind of not sugarcoat, but kind of like realistically think of it as like, Hey, if there's 250 police or a thousand police in a state, right. And 0.05% of people are just dark, nasty, dirty fucks. Like just simple numbers say that there's going to be a bad person. Like it's not because they are police or not because they are politicians or not correct because they are, you know, Disney workers. It's just like, there's fucked up people out there. Yeah. And simple mathematics or simple numbers says that there's a chance that one of them could be a teacher. There's a one of them chance that one of them could be a cop or a firefighter or. Yeah. I mean, the question is, though, how much of this is a somebody's, you know, personal. Let's call it personal mental illness versus the other side of it that, you know, when we talked to Rosie, is a, it's a business. It's a market that is uh, extremely lucrative. Well, I think I think right the consumer, the end consumer, is the personal mental illness. Like that, that is the end consumer. Whereas the the business part of it is the sociopathic business person, right? Like complete sociopath yeah. um, or psychopath that is okay with using anyone for anything for their own means. And then they are, you know, it's it's a lucrative business. Just like, you know, make drugs illegal. It makes drugs a really lucrative business. Go ahead and try to make guns illegal and watch how lucrative of a business that becomes. Like yeah. anything, when something becomes illegal, there's a barrier to entry and there's risk. And when there's barrier to entry and there's risk, prices go up. Yeah. No, that's a uh, spot on right there. You know? But everything that's personal, those personal issues, uh, I mean, I think that's... I mean, what's that site that you can look up sexual predators in your neighborhood? I th- I don't know if each state has their own or if it's I don't even want to look at it. I don't want to know. Well, I really I really don't like because it's hard, right? Because I, I don't think I think that there's there's all ends of the spectrum. There's people that really are like nasty, disgusting sex predator people. And then there's people who are like, you know, 
18 that had a 17 year old girlfriend and the parents hated the kid and now he's got on a sex offender list for the rest of his oh, life yeah i suppose you know there's all there's all aspects of that so i'm not i guess the devil you know is better than the devil you don't I'd, i i would rather know if if there's somebody in my neighborhood to just watch out for but man that's a tough that's a tough situation to just go in and look and be like okay well house 3401 like that's a predator you know yeah like that's a weird that's a weird spot to be yeah, no, I know there's one in my neighborhood, but now you guys, you got me curious. Right? I know, right? Well, we we can't. <laughs> so some more awesome things on on RT.com, Russia Today. Uh, Kamala Harris is honestly useless, says U.S. Congresswoman. <laughs> I need to click on this to see what U.S. Congresswoman this is that's saying this, because that's that's a pretty uh, representative or Republican representative, Myra Flores from Texas. Oh yeah, she's uh she, she got in in the most the bluest area in Texas. God, know? I hope we can say Republican representative from Texas for a while yet because it's looking bluer and bluer and bluer as time goes on. Well, yeah, Austin keeps spreading, but and I, I'm sure a lot of the people that listen to this podcast listen and listen to Rogan. But Tim Kennedy was on Rogan, and he had uh there was somebody that was on their flight. You know, they one of their flight stewardesses, stewards, stewards. Is that what it is? A boy stewardess is a steward. Flight attendant, whatever, whatever. And he was like, uh, and uh, we've landed in San Diego. So everyone that is going back home to visit in San Diego from Texas, please stay there. (laughs) It was was awesome. Like everybody's saying that now. Right. I mean, because that's what happened. It was it was the wave to Texas because they love and we talked about it. Right. We talked about it in the in the podcast that we did on. whatever we called it adjusting to adjusting to your new normal or whatever but you're gonna try to exit the policies that you vote for that turned california into a shithole um and then you're gonna go to texas and you're gonna keep the same policies like you can't do that you know well i mean jira i mean last week they're talking about there's a migration of people out of california to mexico to mexico to find a better life yeah really because they just they can't afford to live in California. Well, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. So, so yeah, I mean, they go to Mexico and boom, they become wealthy. So Mexico's awesome, right? Like Mexico is it's it's got oceans on both sides. Yeah, gorgeous climate. Fairly, if you get in a good area, it's it's fairly good cropland. Like you, if you can't be in the desert, yeah. But like the only thing that screws Mexico is the cartels. Yeah, and that just you know they have a lot of crime. You know, people I talk to from there don't talk about the cartels, but it's just relation. They substitute that with crime. So, you know, what do you do? And there's probably but, there's probably good areas and bad areas, right? Like, I'm sure it's just yeah. like California has turned into that, too. Yeah. So you don't have the cartels, but you got the you know government pretty much turning their back. And well, and the, the idea is, you know, with the tinfoil hat people is the cartels are so big now that they are involved in pretty much, you know, most of our politics because a lot of their business depends on our law, our legal system. Yeah. You know, well, with all the uh, people coming across the border now, I mean, the cartel is setting up little uh, quote stands. I mean, because they're collecting money from people that are coming over. So I'm not sure what gave them the authority, but. But yeah, I mean, going back to California, I mean, you see so much and hear so much from people down there now that you go shopping. I mean, there's when criminals know that there is no consequence. I mean, they're literally just walking in and just grabbing their needs and then walking out and people are doing absolutely nothing. 
Well, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's as long as you're stealing less than five hundred dollars, they can't do anything to you. Yeah. So why wouldn't you just go in and steal what you need? I mean, you or I wouldn't because I mean, I'm the one that walks out with something accidentally and then has to go back in and pay for it because I'm like, oh, shit, I accidentally forgot this. And there's yeah. a lot of us out there. I saw a guy do it yesterday. He walked back in with an energy drink that he had in his hand when he was paying for like his gas. Yeah. Totally forgot about it and then came back in while I was in the store and was like, I got to my car. This is still in my hand. You didn't charge me for it. I need to pay for it. Oh, yeah. Like there's a lot still a lot of good people out there. Yeah. But the separation between the good and the bad is getting worse and worse and worse. And I mean, I, I just don't I don't understand. I was talking to a cop this morning because he asked my daughter at any or yesterday morning. He asked my daughter at any interest in being a cop. And she doesn't. But um, Who he said that Dane County. Well, it was at the gym. Oh, did they have a table set up? No, no. It was just a friend of mine that knows, you oh, know, okay. knows who we are. And uh, he asked if she had any interest. And I was like, I don't think so. Excuse me. <coughs> I need a cough. Bu- I need a cough button or a sneeze button. Um, oh. And he said they're 45 people short. And he said every county, every city, everywhere is like that. So now they're reducing the uh, prerequisites, right? They're reducing mm-hmm. the the. What lowering the standards standards or lowering the standards yeah. to get people into those jobs and man i don't know like if you were on the other end of defund the police and you were really pushing that now all of a sudden you're like oh look at what we're doing we're actually make them hire shittier cops yeah like what talk about a backfire the yeah. inability the inability to think a plan through but i'm starting to learn that a lot of people won't think that far no they, they just assume that oh well now there's gonna be less cops yeah and then until they get robbed all of a sudden no you got to call 911 and they still won't be able to put it together. And and I just don't. So um, the argument in, I don't remember what book it was, but the argument is that we're basically past evolution. Like because of evolution has evolutionary triggers and evolutionary triggers are like shortage of food, um, not being able to live. Right. Yeah. Well, we're past that because like pretty much the majority of society is fine with food they're okay with shelter like everything past that it gets starts to get you know a little bit separated between the low income and the high income and the yeah. no income but like pretty much everybody can live now if you're not living you know, there's pretty Except good chance that you have some mental illness right like yeah but you're low on tampons so i just want to warn you ahead of time yeah I heard, that's, that's what i heard I, i'll be okay um i'll just have to use tissues when i get a bloody nose now but i guess i'll have to get real earplugs you know for a range yeah right <laughs> Just ears sticking out. You look like an alien. What are <laughs> those strings out of your ears? ears? Um, where the fuck was I going with this? <laughs> oh, we're past evolution, right? Yeah. And uh, my my question is, is like, is that a bad thing? Is it is and this is this is a totally this is an unhumanistic argument and I get it. But like, that's what we're here for. We're here to have like hard conversations. And some of these conversations suck to have. But the fact that the fact that people who refuse to think deeply about a problem, people who refuse to take care of themselves physically, emotionally, um, people who refuse to put in effort to better themselves and their family, they are just as likely to reproduce as you or I. And sometimes more likely to reproduce because if you look at population growth, as the income average income goes up in a population, the amount of kids per person actually lowers. So like Hmm. lower income people have more kids per person. 
So it's arguable that those genes are actually passing along faster than genes of somebody like you or I. Gosh, why do I? Uh, it seems like a bad thing, I've right? Seen an illustration on this, uh, yeah. Not, that not seems like if if you break it down that way, it seems like a really, really bad thing. Yeah, it does. But gosh, I can't think of that illustration. It's not idi- uh, it's not idiocracy. I think it was pretty extreme. Yeah, it's not idiocracy, but that's kind of where we're going. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, gosh, I, I can't argue that. And and I just don't I don't know how. I was telling my wife on the way um, to the store this morning. I don't, I don't remember what we were talking about. We were talking about something around this kind of topic. And I started to, I started to say like, I feel, I feel like I can understand people like Ted Kaczynski more and more every day because the more, the more stupidity and, idiocracy and just ridiculousness I see in society, the more I'm like, fuck, we might be too far gone. How does that relate to Ted Kaczynski? He, I mean, his, his whole thing was like society is society is, is screwed. It's too, it's too far gone. His idea was like a little bit out there, but his whole idea was to like blow up society and make it reform. Oh, Okay. Right. So like it's kind of it's kind of like a lot of the plot lines of bad guys in movies. Like you you get to a certain point where you're like, there is no more fixing this. Fuck it. Let's start over. It's like the uh, have you ever seen Batman Begins? Yes. When uh, the Heath Ledger Joker basically is saying that humanity has, you know, basically there's just no morality left. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Batman sitting there. Oh, there's a little bit left. And, you know, there's some hope. And sure enough, at the end, you know, the people don't blow up each other on, on the different boats and and humanity does win out. I think I think eventually truth comes out. I think eventually, you know, the Star Wars kind of, you know, stories. We talked about Star Wars a little bit yesterday, you know, where that small fraction, that small rebellion, you know, good comes out and has to, you know, has to take over. I don't think evil has. I don't think we're going to get to a point where it's going to be literally idiocracy. Although it seems like it's pretty damn close right now. Or or do, or does it separate? Does it keep separating further and further? You know that the yeah. haves and the have-nots, and all of a sudden the haves are 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 giving so much and investing so much of themselves to keep the have-nots living healthy and comfortably, right? Because yeah, let me let's look at the numbers. So the polling right now. I mean, you look at what's going on in this country. I mean, the polling by the, you know, the liberal media is showing that, I mean, there's maybe a range of 20% to 34% that is in approval with any of the, you know, current major issues that are going on. So the question is, okay, who obviously, who are the 17, you know, 34% of people that approve of what's going on? But you think it's got to be to a point where somebody, whether they're high intelligence or low IQ, you know, I don't know that they got to be looking at everything that's going on and thinking, wow, you got in politics, hopefully they understand civics enough that you got the executive level is, you know, is Democrat right now. I'm not saying from a Democrat Republican, you're just looking at, okay, these are the people that are in control. You got the house and the Senate. So your legislative is fully controlled by the Democrats. 
So you gave them control and you gave them the opportunity and this these are the results that are happening. You think that the low IQ person is able to put that together now and say, oh, I mean, based on the polls, compared to what you're saying now, is, you know, people are, we're heading towards idiocracy, but it seems like people aren't approving what's going on. You think that they'll walk to the polls. So you're saying like, the difference between that 74 to 17 to 34 to the 50% that voted, those people actually get it, but we still have the 17 to 34% that are completely snowballed. Which is hard for me to believe because these no. 17 to 34% have to go to the stores. No, but I was talking fill. to, but, but the thing is, is like the way the, it works on both sides, right? I know the, I know the Republicans that do the same thing. They're completely snowballed to the talking points. Yeah. And, and you, it, the minute you try to open them up past talking points, it's like, oh, right. But I was talking to a girl the other day and she was like, well, yeah. yeah. And Cause I was, I was bitching. Not, not I was bitching. I was laughing about the corporate social media in the United States for, for pride month versus the same corporation social media in the middle east oh because well, it's, that's that's a because that's it's only it's, it's only yeah well because it's only it's only cool when they're getting street cred for it when they think that they're getting business for it they only support you know they only support pride or or, or lgbtq i missed one sorry apologize LGBTQ, uh, um the, anyways that whole that whole that whole movement yeah they only support that movement where it's going to better their business and i was like that's bullshit like, and she, and, and she agreed, but then she was also like, yeah, and you got, they're giving money to these senators that vote for the don't say gay bill. And I was like, hold up, hold <laughs> up. I was like, did you ever read that bill? She's like, yeah. I was like, it doesn't say anything about that. And she's like, well, yeah, but there's teachers that are already getting fired. And I was like, wait, where there was a teacher that was married to a woman. And because she said that she had a wife, she got fired. And mind you, like, I was like, okay, I didn't question that. But then when I walked away, I tried to find it. I could find nothing. And a story like that is going to be on the news, right? Yeah. The only thing that I could find was a woman who felt like she was, she felt like the writing was on the wall. So she resigned. Oh, which is very different exactly. than being fired because you said you had a wife, because the wording in the bill says non age related conversation and saying that you have a wife, I feel like would be really hard in a court of law. To say that that is non-age um, appropriate. Sorry, appropriate. That was the word. Yeah. The, like the there's no way that a lawyer is going to be able to say that that just that statement is not age appropriate. Correct. And that's how laws work. The law is written, and then it is argued in a court of law through legal means like the a law it can't be written to cover every single possibility so you write a law to try to make it so that when a courtroom sits down and and two lawyers battle back and forth that the the cream kind of rises to the top and the truth comes out but there's nobody that's been fired but like that i think is that is the that 17 to 34 percent i think that they are just they're probably still they're probably convinced that everything that's going on is because of Russia and Ukraine. So they're saying they're it's, you're saying they're misinformed. I think that they're completely misinformed. But I think that there's a lot of that on the other side too. Yeah. To a point, yeah. Yeah. 
I think that it's, if you have a little bit of critical thinking and can process But I think data, that we already understand that that's not necessarily very many people. Yeah, but at some point, I, maybe it's an optimistic, you know, thought. At some point. I love your optimism. I'm definitely a realist. So, yeah, I mean, so you're thinking we're at the Sodom Gomorrah time. We're going sliding downhill. And- I, I, I think that there's a chance that we will never see America at its prime. I think we might be past that. Well, I think that we I think and, I, and I, it's awful to say it's, it's horrible to say. But when I look around. Yeah. Because I think that good people like you and I, the majority of them are just so frustrated they're so frustrated yeah. with everything that's going on that they're just like, I'm going to keep my head down. I'm going to keep my my opinions to myself. I'm going to try to better my family. I'm going to pay my taxes and 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 so that I don't end up in jail. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to follow the law. You know. Like, what did I what? Oh, that was on the Tim Kennedy podcast. Like, but if you make guns illegal, making guns illegal to, to solve shooting problems is like cutting your dick off to stop rape. Right. Yeah. There, there's a lot of good comparisons, so, you know, like, yeah. and, and there's a lot of those people like keep raising taxes. I guess I'll pay it, but man, it's, it's, I'm getting more frustrated every year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I like the Elon Musk response. I know Elon is, there's some personal, obviously uh, feelings against the Democrats because he was, kind of shafted on the the EV summit or whatever it was. But, you know, to him, it's like, well, okay. And that's the approach I take is, well, if you're going to, you have all the opportunities right now. And if you F this up, and I like that. Uh, who's that comedian? Cat uh, Williams? Cat Williams. Where yeah. He's like, this motherfucker, you yeah. know, fucks yeah. up everything. Yeah. How do you still have a job and fuck up everything? Well, that's literally what it is right now. Yeah. And that's, in my mind, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, well, guess what? Then I'm not going to vote for you guys, period. So it really sways me from, okay, I don't really want to be independent because you guys have shown that you literally fucked up every single thing. You could have just not done anything. It would have been better than now. But because you guys fucked up so bad, uh, you know what? I, I might as well just sign myself up as a Republican. We need center, we need center Democrats. We need Reagan Democrats. Yeah, but they've gone so freaking far left that it's like, is, is it even possible? I mean, but you have people like Tulsi Gabbard. Right, who, oh, yeah. who who will get argued that she's a Republican? No, I know. she is not. Trust well, me. They're, they're calling Joe Rogan a Republican. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like these people haven't moved. Yeah, it's the idiots that keep accusing them of moving. They're the ones that are moving so far out. It's just out of reason. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I could say yeah, I'm just stay uh, independent, but man, it's at this point I don't even want to say that and give them a consideration. So. Um, I hate to talk politics, but oh my god, I'm gonna make I'm I'm totally gonna make a video from you from the last podcast where you're like I don't mean to get political, and then I'm gonna mix in all the times <laughs> that you get political. It's gonna be a great video. <laughs> I just don't know when I just don't know when I'm gonna have the time to make it because I gotta go uh, find all the all the stuff. Disclaim it. Uh, huh. Another article on here: UK should be ready to fight in Europe. Wow, that's a pretty big oh. deal. Yeah. The new chief of general staff said it's a burning imperative to be capable of defeating Russia. Like they're they're worried that Russia is coming into Europe. Yeah, I don't. There's there's just so much underneath there that just stinks. I just I, I was listening to somebody talk talk the other day that that started to started to make sense to me, but also worry me as to like 
the more we push Russia away, the more we're pushing them into China's hands. You know? Yeah. I think it's already there. I don't know. As I don't of, know uh, enough as about of this stuff. Afghanistan, I think we've allowed them to start working together. Yeah. You know, from from the I don't mean to get political, but President Dickhead who just fell off his bike yesterday. Oh, how many memes are there going to be? I haven't seen one yet. I haven't I'm seen one. No, I lied. Oh, I no, did see I, one. I saw one with Rogan yeah. holding the microphone. Yeah, I saw that one. Rogan posted that yep, one. Yep, yep. The, the one I like is uh, the meme that, um, oh, what is it? It's a cartoon that basically was prior to this, months prior to this. Basically, it's a, a three-panel cartoon that shows Biden on a bike, falls off the bike, and the third panel is uh, he blames Putin falling off the bike oh nice that's so, a good one yeah somebody tied that together yesterday so that's a good oh, one putin made him fall off that bike so okay i think we we covered enough of this mess <laughs> we're already 25 minutes in yeah i'm looking at these uh speaking of mental health these i'm looking at all the perps in the city here oh no I, it, there's we probably know some of them i i don't know any of them it's just uh being asian there's there's two asians out of the 45 that are in the city that we live in so what that would be that means I about need to four go point that would be about four point five percent. Is that equal to the Asian population, <laughs> or do we no, need to, do we need to get that representative, or do we need to get that representation more accurate? Oh, right, because that's that's the that's the weird thing that we're doing right now is we're trying to we're trying to oh, create <laughs> every situation to accurately to accurately represent the diversity of us of a uh, of a town. No, because this would be you know I'm sorry. There are some racial groups, to, you know, you don't want to offend, but they would be in the majority here. I don't believe you. But I feel it's my responsibility as an Asian to. When are you you're Asian, taking responsibility for the Asian? When other Asians herps? fuck up, then I better find out. And, you know. Wow. I am not taking responsibility for all the white people. I can't do it. My yeah, shoulders aren't that broad. I'm, I'm just not. I want to be the one that's different than the, the TSA, you know. What did I hear? Somebody told me yesterday. Oh, the cop I was talking to told me yesterday that three, um, three Asians got beat up downtown Madison. Oh, really? For yeah, what? for being Asian. Really? Yep. There's some Asian hate crime going. Yep. On? And it's from a certain other group. Um, yeah. apparently because of just their overall uh, elevated, the idea, the elevated idea of Asians in society. Really? That Asians are rich or what? Um, that they're just, they're... We're smart. Smart and socially accepted and achieve more. We're socially accepted, really? I don't know. That's what the cop was telling me, that, that they're trying to figure out how to get to the bottom of this problem because it's almost like they're being hated on just because they're being accepted and they're, and they're a minority, right? Like if you're a minority and you're accepted... That, yeah. that gets rid of the whole idea of racism because it separates the actions of a specific group versus just disparaging a group because of being different. Yeah, I didn't hear about this. It was a specific group that was targeting? Yeah. Oh, Not a specific why are you group. Why you <laughs> tiptoeing? Because I'm too white to have this conversation. All right. Well, we'll give you a... I'm a minority. I'm going to give you the no, the pass no, on this one. No, there there was a there was a group of people that are beating up Asians downtown Madison in the past few weeks. 
I'm young, Asian. I need to know what younger the kids. Is. They're younger kids. Younger kids. Yeah, I don't know how young. He didn't say how young, but he didn't. They're not. They're not like thirty. I would guess because he would have said men, not no, boys. So, so do I got to look out for him? Yeah. Well, I don't think you'll you'll probably be okay. <laughs> Damn, that would have been fun. But <laughs> right, I get it. So it's a bunch of white people. That's no, it? no, oh. there's not a bunch of white people. It's not oh, a bunch of Hispanic so. people. <laughs> Hispanic? It's not a bunch of Hispanic people. Black. You can a, say it. It's a, okay. Apparently, that was. You're just speaking facts. Apparently, that was these three incidents in the past two weeks. Wow, man! I thought I thought we had a you know. Usually, I'll pass a black person. They always say hello. So, well, I thought we had an understanding. I'm. I'm we're moving on. Oh, I'm moving man. on. I have to go solve this problem. Mental illness style. <laughs> we we talked we we covered and I've been thinking about this a lot since we since we covered the school shooting um, because it is it's it's a mental health problem that we have and I'm like fuck where did where did this start? It's also a fatherless problem. Hold on, yes, too far ahead. Yes, though? you're too far ahead. It's a mental health problem. What has caused the mental health problem? And it's is the, the degradation of the nuclear home? Yeah, the nuclear family exactly, and. What caused the degradation of the nuclear family? It is. There's, I think this is a multifaceted problem, right? So we're, we're not going to be able to point out everything, but I think we can point out some of the big things. And I think that women getting into the workplace caused a large amount of people in that generation when dad was already working and mom went back to work to have a lack of parenting and then they grow up and they have a lack of parenting and a lack of love because not necessarily every family with two working parents has a lack of parenting and a lack of love. But I think it's a lot more likely when mom and dad are both gone 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's a lot more likely that you're going to have a lack of parental influence, a lack of positive influence, a lack of love. Right. Yeah. And then I think that that caused a large portion of that generation. So we're now talking like 70s, 80s, right? Early 90s, maybe to look outside the family for those feelings of love. And they substituted those feelings with sex. And I think that that coincided with the kind of normalization of sex in society without any sort of normalization of birth control. And so I think there's a lot of young people looking to fill their hearts or fill an attention need that started having sex too young and having unprotected sex too young. And then that caused a lot of families that weren't families. They were a man that impregnated a woman or sorry, a boy a boy that impregnated a girl yeah, and then moved on. And I think that that's where this started. And I think that that's just exacerbated from a little bit of a problem to an even bigger problem because then you have fucked up people raising fucked up people, then having more fucked up people. And then every like, right. Like everybody's searching for, you're searching for the feeling you're searching for the feeling of belonging. You're searching for the feeling of love. You're searching for the feeling of attention. And when you're searching for that, but all you know is 
all you know is, is, is shit, right? You're searching for it in a bad place and you end up having kids, whether it's on purpose or on accident. I think most of the time it's an accident, but I think that there are some times where um, it's on purpose to try to like better a relationship or whatever. And I think that basically a lot of the problems that we have, and this is really weird to say as a capitalist, but I think a lot of the problems that we have come from capitalism because I think a lot of the problems that we have come from people wanting more and needing more and needing to work to make more money, to buy more stupid shit and not realizing that what you need is to invest your time into your most important job at that moment. When your kids are 18 and 20, 16, 17, 18, like when you've put in the time, when you've, when you've put in the effort and you've put in the work to develop those kids. I think that that that's when you transition to your work and your betterment. And you can still do that while you're raising your kids, but like, fuck, you got to raise your kids. And I think there's a lot of people not raising kids. And I think that it's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. And now all of a sudden we see what we see. Yeah. No, I I think I agree with a lot of parts of that. If I go back. So, I mean, I'll give my, my side of that is if you go all the way back to um, the family nucleus and basically how that's been, uh, that's been broken up and you know, it's, it's nothing to pick on the feminists, but if you look at the nuclear family was the, the father had a role, the mother had a role and guess what? The father was a man and man had basically, we have these characteristics that, you know, we talk about a lot on the, on this podcast and, um, a lot of those characteristics have been come vilified by society and what in turn has made the males, you know, females wanted to have everything. The males basically said, well, we're not getting fair pay. We're not getting this and that, um, you guys are getting to work and not realizing that, Hey, guess what? There's a real importance uh, in, in being a mother to the kids because the mother provides the nurturing. I mean, males just aren't naturally good at that, but we provide the leadership and, and the structure because what happened then is now instead of the, you have the one head of the family, which is a biblical principle as well. Now you have two people, a two headed, you know, monster that's constantly fighting and it's just breaking up these families. And, and part of it too is um, whether it's a society, whether it's capitalism, you know, capitalism, you know, the greed plays into it. Um, but the greed breeds the envy where, okay, now the, the females want to be like the males. Well, the males are being vilified. So the males become more like the females. Well, okay, who's taking charge. And now we add in gender confusion and now you add in this, uh, family structure where, you know, and like I said, it's nothing against any groups, but now you got a family structure that, okay, well now you may have two males or may have two females, but why? You know, so it's, it's, there's more confusion than solutions by doing that. And these kids grow up and they're just screwed up because they're not getting needs fulfilled in one area. You know, one story that, you know, we don't have time to get into, but you know, Dennis Rodman, remember him Yep, from the Chicago Bulls? I mean, he did not have a father in his life. And even though he had all the fame from athletics and whatnot. I mean, his whole life was faced with just turmoil after turmoil after turmoil, even, even now. 
And a lot of that stems back from, guess what? You, you grew up without a father. And a lot of these crimes that are happening, like you're saying, is I think what you're saying is with the, you know, the, I don't want to say unexpected pregnancies, but, you know, there's a huge population base that came from families that were, or not even families, that were just couples that were me- messed up, got together, boom, had a child. And now fathering or mothering the child is like, oh, that's second priority because we're too busy chasing our own, you know, our own passions or they end up breaking up and you spend most of the life trying to figure out got the single mother trying to raise a kid. And granted, there's a lot of single fathers that don't get credit to raise kids. I mean, we know I know two firsthand real close. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's what I want, you know, I wanted to get out there. This isn't a this isn't necessarily a sexist argument because there are some single dads. It's just a lot less than there are single moms. It just it it's just reality. Yeah. Yep. And I understand, I mean, you know, I've seen a couple pretty crazy posts this morning where, you know, you got these upset fathers are like, yeah, you know, happy Father's Day to all the the fathers out there, especially the ones that have to deal with these, you know, blankety blanks that, you know, are taking us to court and not letting us see our kids and all that. And there's maybe some legitimacy to it. You know, obviously, you know, I've seen it in the two examples that, that I know personally, but um I think it's just we need to somehow get back to that nuclear family and understand that, guess what? It, women are great at certain things. They're great at nurturing. I, I, I can't do that. Even if I try it, it's super awkward. And it's just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, kids will be able to tell. But, you know, I have my strengths. If, if people played their, their strengths and understood that, you know, you have a role. It doesn't make you less than somebody else. We'd get rid of a lot of this uh, envy from one group to another. And we're in an amazing time when we're in an amazing time when I think that this doesn't necessarily have to work together. I think that separated families can be just as healthy and just as positive and just as strong and develop just as great a kids as unseparated married families. Yeah, if each person understands their role in yeah. the relationship, but allows that handoff to happen. Yes. But we're, there's just too much selfish um, people trying to leverage and then using the kids to basically vilify the other parent. And it's not fair to the child because the child's going to feel like a mental ping pong ball by the time they're done. They're going to be more confused and angry by the time they get older and, and bitter. So, yeah, it's just it's not worth it. But how do you get that, you know, how do you get that education out to single families? And this and this completely ignores just just the just the mathematical equation of numbers here. If you have two involved parents, you're 100 percent more likely to have a parent catch you early in a fuck up than you are with one involved parent. Very true. You know what I mean? So, like, how often does that happen? You know, like we can't look over just the simple, just the simplistic, the just the simplistic impact that having two people that care about you involved in your life. You have twice the amount of positive influence, yeah. twice the amount of love, twice the amount of hard conversations, twice the twice the chance of you being tiptoeing into a dark spot and them catching you and going, all right, we have we need to have a conversation. Yeah. Right. Like. There's so much that is just double the chance 
of saving you and grabbing you and giving you because that's what parenting is, right? Like parenting is letting you grow, but then keeping some bumpers on the side, right? It's kind of like bumper bowling or I like to talk about it like parenting is like downhill skiing. If you've ever downhill skied, like am I in control when I downhill ski? If I needed to stop immediately right now, not a chance. I'm going to hit whatever's right in front of me, but I'm kind of in control. I can kind of steer. I can slow down. Right. Yeah. But if like something popped up immediately in front of me, I can't stop. That's what parenting is. It's it's a controlled chaos, I guess. Yeah. Kind of. Do you know yeah. what's going to do? You know what's going to happen every day? Do you know what kind of weird things that you're that's going to come up? No, you don't. I trust me firsthand from a parent of two kids like yeah. you're in the middle of nothing. You're you're at, you come home from work and you're not you're not thinking about anything from home and then all of a sudden something comes up you you see something or you hear overhear a conversation you accidentally come across something on your kid's computer whatever right like stuff comes up and you're like oh fuck okay i guess this is what we're doing tonight we're having this hard conversation yeah but the thing with separated you know parents is you got to be on the same page because otherwise all that does is you know allows okay well the kid's gonna be like well i get more leverage at this home Versus this home. And obviously as a child, they don't understand that. So they're just going to play into the, the parent that's just giving them what they want. So I will I will say that there's something with there's something with love and attention that over delivers than just giving kids what they want. Because our my oldest is not mine, right? I met her when she was two yeah. and we have a very loving, very nurturing household, but we're not just pushovers. Whereas her, her, her dad, her biological dad still lives at home with his mom at 40 years old and 40 year old virgin. I mean, not <laughs> clearly not, not. um, <laughs> But he would give her whatever she wanted, whenever she wanted, if he could pay for it, right? I mean, the money was the only issue, and grandma would probably pay for it if there's anything that she ever wanted. So if she wanted just no rules, she would have went there. But she but she got more out of our household than she did out of that just not having any rules and being able to do whatever she wants. Yeah. She got more out of our household and stayed at our house. But she understands what real love is and structure and provision is. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's just enablement. Yes. And and then then that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's more powerful. Yeah. That's that's more powerful. The idea of like a really loving, supportive home that you can have confrontation and you can have arguments and you can have some some yelling matches but you still know, you still know that someone that that the people that you're living with love you unconditionally. Yeah. Like I just I I went on a bike ride this morning. It was my supposed to be my rest day, but I was like I'll just go on like a ten mile bike ride. It was wasn't it was a nice relaxing bike ride other than a few shitty hills. And I put on uh, Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights back in my ears because I just needed something in my ears to keep my mind off the fact that I'm just pedaling. And uh, and I like listening to books when I'm on a bike. And he was talking about about his family. And if you guys have never listened to that book, it's really, it really is a great book because you, you, you see this weird, wild upbringing that he had, but you see why it worked because his parents were all about 
all about values. Like he would get his mouth washed out for saying swear words, but he only ever got beat when he said words that could hurt him. Like I can't. Like when he said I can't, he got his ass whooped till it bled. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. And he said he I hate you to his brother. He got his ass beat. Hmm. But and it, and it's a weird it's a weird thing. It's a, it's a very it's a, he had a very odd childhood. But he says even in the book we always knew that that we always loved each other. We didn't always like each other, but we always loved each other. And he's like, my parents, after you got after you got your corporal punishment, would be the first to take you to get ice cream to celebrate your lesson that you learned. Yeah. And that's a really powerful that's a really powerful thing and a really powerful place. And as and as a parent, it's such an odd thing to think about. Not that, and he even says, like, I don't I don't suggest physically abusing your children. I don't su- suggest physically um even using phys- physicality to punish your kids. But he said, I will say that there's a lot of things I didn't do that I shouldn't have done because I was afraid of an ass beating. Yeah. You know, what's well, the old proverb: spare the rod, spoil the child. Right. And the same thing, uh, you know, you don't want to compare a child to a dog, but a dog is looking for that structure. So if you ever look at people's pets, right. The ones that are completely out of control, have no structure. It's not because they're acting out because they're just a you know complete bad dog. It's because boom they they're looking for structure. They're looking for who's the leader, who's the alpha in the pack. I mean uh, you know I got a husky, and the female huskies usually look for who the alpha is in the pack. And if they're not there, they're the ones that take off and run because there's no structure. They don't know what to do, so they're just going to go wander off and just find whatever they can. So a lot of people, yeah, they're like, well, why don't, why don't your husky just take off and run? Mine did. I'm like, well, what was your level of discipline? I'm like, I had to work with the dog for years. Now take that to a level of a child. You know, it's years and years. Your first five years is the most formidable years of a child. And after that, you just got to provide the structure. It's like, a, you know, I talk to my 10-year-old who's in the other room. is like, I always have to remind him, is like, you know, I'm not here to be your friend. I mean, we, you know, we're going to grow up and as you get older, yeah, it'd be more of a friend than a parent because you're going to be an adult. But when you're a child, I'm responsible to raise you into an adult. And, uh, you know, a great book that I want to plug in here is a, a book by, um, I think Eric Davis wrote it. It's a raising men. And it's a, it's an awesome book. If you ever get a time or audiobook is pretty good too. It's pretty intense. And, and, and he understands that. And I think that offers a child more security versus a playmate because they have playmates at school. You know, I can take him to the pool. He can play with five, 10 different kids, but ultimately he needs me there to protect him. And that, and that's one of the, that's one of the biggest things is, is as a parent is making, making sure your child understands that you are, you are there for them. It's their job to experiment and learn, and you are there to help if if it gets fucked up. Oh yeah, right. Like that 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 sense of that sense of comfort, but also the ability to grow. Yeah, you know it's it's the balance, it's the dance, the fine dance of like 
you're going to do dangerous things. I'm going to make sure that there's some safety along with the danger. You know, if if you think you're going to jump your dirt bike, I'm going to make sure you got a helmet on. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell you not to jump your dirt bike because you got to learn. Yeah. Like my job isn't to stop you from doing anything dangerous. My job is to try to make it so you don't make any long lasting damage while you're learning what your body is capable and what your mind is capable and what you're emotionally capable of. Yeah. You know, I think it was, uh, I can't even remember who it was. She was a, she was a, uh, a brain biologist maybe. And she's talking about the, the formation of the prefrontal cortex and the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that really learns between right and wrong, good and bad. You know, that is not developed in a boy until about 27. Like it's still, it's still malleable to 27. Right. So she's like her whole thing with, with talking to parents is keep them alive to 25. Like no babies, no marriages, no felonies. (laughs) Right. Like we're going to make it so that by the time you hit that 25 to 30, where you're an actual human, right. Because up until then you're still, and we're all developing, but up until then you're really, your brain is not even fully developed. There's no long lasting implications that I let happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I think my son and I were talking yesterday, you know, after, uh, took him shooting. Right. Yeah. And he was talking about, you know, things related to, and even the same thing with, uh, you know, shooting a rifle because obviously you hear stuff at school and, uh, you know, about how scary the ARs, right. Mm-hmm. With the recoil and all that stuff. And, and I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's no different than jumping out of an airplane. That told me, you know, when I was younger, I was deathly scared of heights. And I think I talked about this on the, on the podcast too. And, but sometimes, you know, you have to allow yourself the opportunities to fail or make a mistake or just to take that one step that you're scared to take. Because, I mean, would you agree that a lot of people don't do things that in their mind seem risky but it's like 90% psychological. They psych themselves completely out of even trying something. I mean, um, if you ever go for a hike in, in like the Grand Canyon and you go up on one of the, the highest altitude, you know, ledges. And if the closer you get to the ledge, your body starts feeling this, these butterflies going right. And you feel like you're just going to fall off. But at some point you got to take the deep breath, that oxygen in and eliminate that anxiety. Because a lot of times anxiety is just, it's self-defeating and just take, you know, the two, three steps to the edge and think, guess what? I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. It's like packing a chute and jumping out of an airplane. Yeah. And with that feeling, that feeling of accomplishment after you've done something like that. Yeah. It's like, wow, that wasn't so hard. 90% of the difficulty I created in my head. Yeah. hundred percent. My wife was taking our shutters off of the side of our house and we're a two-story house and she was up on the ladder with the screwdriver and the girls were helping her because I was gone. She was, she was trying to do it to, to help me because I was changing all the shutters on the house. And, uh, she was up on the ladder, up on the second story with a screwdriver and she freaked out. My wife doesn't like heights. And so she freaked out and she like started coming back down. And then she looked down and she saw both kids and she's like, shit, they're watching me. Ah. She's like, I can't, like, I can't give up. Yeah. I can't quit. And so she climbed back up and she got him and she still talks about that to this day. And it was five years ago. It's like that feeling of like overcoming that, like, oh shit, I have, I have 
the two most important people in my life are watching me. They need to see that they can do hard things too. And she did it. And that, that feeling was so strong afterwards that it's still in her mind. It still comes up all the time. And it might yeah. seem like a dumb thing, but it was big for her. And clearly it wouldn't have happened if she would have just come down. Oh yeah. I mean, the heights, I think everybody understand heights because even if you're 10 feet up, it seems like you're 30 feet up. Mine's weird because it's got, it's only as I've gotten older. Oh, do you get vertigo? Younger, zero. I didn't give zero shits. Zero shits when I was younger. And now as I get older, I'm like on the roof, hanging the, hanging the Christmas lights. And maybe it's just because I have so much more to lose now. Right. As like a parent. I, I think there's something physical too. There could be something physical because yeah. I'm sitting up there and I'm hanging the Christmas lights and I'm standing on the second story and I'm like, I'm going to go on my butt to get close to the edge. You know, like I'm yeah. going to butt scoot to the edge to hang the Christmas lights up here. Whereas when I was 20, I was like, hey, I'm going to hang them. Whatever. I'll just stand here. I'm not going to fall. Yeah, no, it's true because, uh, gosh, it wasn't that long ago. I went on the, uh, what's that stupid ride that goes, uh, you sit in it and you spin around. It like goes around and around and it spins around. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It sucks. The Twizzler Whistler yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, my 10 year old likes that. Yeah. Well, when I was in my 20s, 30s, and even early 40s, I could handle that. I was fine. I mean, I'm, a, you know, I rock climb and do all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that's from somebody that came from being deathly afraid of heights. I mean, literally even like five feet up. And uh, gosh, I went on with him and I was like, I was getting vertigo. And that was just one time around. Yeah. So I had to like look at a fixed point and just literally like, am I getting seasick on this stupid was, thing? So I we had that problem. We went to Six Flags. But our problem was is we got there and there wasn't a soul there because it was supposed to rain. It rained right up until a park opening and then park opened. So we got to ride so many rides in the first half hour we were there. I was like, I can't ride anymore. Ride like my body is like if we if there would have been an hour yeah. wait for each ride, I would have been fine. But six, seven rides in a half an hour at Six Flags. I'm like, oh, this is not good. Oh, man. Yeah, it's something I got to look up or yeah, if you listeners uh, know as you get older. That's yeah, there's, I'm sure happens. it's got to be something to do with all the all the different connections inside your um, hypo, is it your hypothalamus, whatever what your inner ears where all your balance comes from and all that shit comes from. It's got to be something with the something connections in down. there. Yeah, because the next time I think we the next ride we went on was that teacup thing where you yeah. grab that little round yeah. thing in the middle of the thing and you spin your teacup around. Yeah. Yeah, I was to a point where I was feeling I was. You couldn't do it on the teacups. I was getting sheet white, oh. and I thought I was gonna like hurl. I'm like, this is not gonna be good, so oh, I had to get sucks. off. We didn't. I mean, I yeah. made it through, yeah, but yeah, I literally yeah. almost had to close my eyes. But. Yeah. Um, what else do I got here in my notes for this? And and all we did is talk about causation. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that there's any way. I don't think we can turn this back. I think we we have to start. We have to start thinking about the causation so that we can start thinking about how to fix it. And I think that you're not going to turn back the normalization of sex in society. You're just not going to. Social media is way too powerful. There's too much. There's too much sexualized. Everything is sexualized to sell it. You know, every every girl thinks she needs to have the perfect pose with her butt out in her Instagram. It's just not. You're, I don't think you're going to get rid of the normalization of sex. So I think that you need to go ahead and and assume that your kids are going to be doing it and you need to understand that you need to have those conversations and have those and, and, and put things in place, you know, and while, you know, while chemical birth control isn't perfect, um, you know, for girls, it might be, it might be what they need at, at that age. 
And I, and I get it because it, it alters your hormones, but there are some out there that don't alter your hormones. There are some, you know, the rings and the stuff like that, where they're really light hormones, because instead of taking a pill or putting a patch on, you're actually, it's just the hormones that are right there. So they don't have to go all the way through your body. Maybe that's a good alternative. Talk to your doctor. Um, for boys, you know, you need to have the conversation. You need to have a condom conversation. Like you do, like it's imperative. I get it. They're awful. But the conversation needs to be had. They need to understand what the consequences are for not. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's that's from that side. Um, you know, for me, it's I think people have to start looking at the the different roles and start celebrating the roles. You know, I mean, today we're recording on Father's Day and. You know, um, the most celebrated uh, holiday, I was talking to my son yesterday about this, too. We talk about a lot of stuff. So the the most celebrated holiday is obviously Christmas. But, you know, guess what number two is? The number two most celebrated holiday in the U.S. is Mother's Day. Really? And you know where Father's Day falls in? No. Number 20. Well, that's probably on average of how many people don't have fathers. Well... Yeah, and that's that goes back to where, you know, we need to start celebrating the different roles that each parent takes in in a family. Start to celebrate men for, you know, who men are. Stop, you know, we need to somehow cut this. We don't need, you know, Harry, what's his face? Harry Styles walking around in a dress. We need to just say, you know, look, these are men. That, that happened? Oh, you didn't know that? No. It's kind of like... Uh, I don't even want to talk. I stay so detached. Yeah. So the, just look up Harry Styles. He goes down runway in a dress. Good. Good. Okay. Got it. Got it. But we need to get, just go back. And, um, if there's a book that I really want to suggest that really changed my life is, uh, a book called wild at heart. Because when I had gotten back from overseas was so messed up, went to college, I was still messed up. And you know, that's the time when I turned my life around. But when I turned my life around, I didn't know what I was supposed to be because I thought that everything that I felt and that I had done was just wrong. So I'm like, gosh, you know, I have all these aggressions. I have all these things that, you know, what you think a typical male would do. But people were telling me, oh, you're not supposed to feel that way. Oh, well, you need to be, you know, more emotional. You need to be more, you know, have more feeling and more nurturing and all this. And I was just like getting all this noise pretty soon. I, I had to go back to self-medicating. Because I, I thought I was like completely screwed up. And this book by the author's John Eldridge, it's called Wild at Heart, where it talks about, you know, males are just, you know, this is how we're built. We should celebrate, you know, there's there's warriors, there's gatherers, and, you know, hunters. And that's how we are. And sneaker and, fish. Don't forget the sneaker fish. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. That was one of the <laughs> things I learned. <laughs> but, but there's nothing wrong with having those tendencies because that's what warriors are. That's how we're built. We're built to protect, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with women not being in those roles because they're so super good at the nurturing. They're so super good at understanding and, and the emotional skills that, you know, we suck ass at. So uh, we need to just start celebrating those differences versus being envious and thinking, well, this, I can do it too. I mean, you know, we don't, Unfortunately, yeah, you're not going to get, uh, they're opening things up, but you're not going to have all these female Navy SEALs start popping up and start, you know, dropping out of planes with 80 pound packs and, and being okay. It's just, yeah, it's just not physically that way. You know, I mean, women are beautiful in their own right. 
Thank God, because men, we're, we're fucking ugly. So speak for yourself. <laughs> um, check your mirror, right? Do you think do you think that holding your friends accountable for their involvement in their children's lives? Do you think that do you think that could help? Right. Like, I can't even think of anybody off the top of my head that I know that's not involved in their kid's life. So this is kind of an open ended conversation. But uh, like, I think, you know, one. OK, well, I can't think of them off the top of my head. Well, the one that, you know, is, you know, I was a little upset because uh, this person went dark on social media and this person basically has a, has a son and two daughters and uh, just has been completely off on his own way and had asked me for help once. And it's like, well, that's it's not, this isn't what you need to do. You have a son, okay? You can't just go off on your own little adventures. And, you know, this person has now, um, you know, come off the dark list and is now active on social media in a completely different country. And his son is here with his mom. And I think he thinks it's fine now because his mom is with, you know, some other guy now. Uh, so you want... I mean, the worst thing is wanting somebody else to raise your kid, but apparently it doesn't, you know, mean a single thing to them. So, but maybe for those kids, maybe for those kids, if that, if, if new dad is, might be a better choice. I mean, it seems like a better choice because I'm, you know, connected to both of them. But yeah. the thing is, though, it still doesn't yeah. excuse this guy no. from his responsibility. No, I, so. I agree. But as far as the kids, as far as the kids turning out healthy and, and wholesome, you know, but I guess, like It'd be better to have both of them in their in their life. Yeah, it would be better to have both of them in their life. And Even have three if it's people. a small percentage yeah. that he's making an effort, but yeah. Going back to your question, yeah, I think we should hold our friends accountable. Ha! I know who it is. Took me a minute. <laughs> I was like, "Who the fuck is he?" I, just I was like, "Who the, the fuck is he talking on, about?" Man. Yeah, that's a that's a yep yep sounds but, good. Um, but yeah, I really believe you have to hold your friends accountable. Yeah. You can't enable them to to not be a father. And yeah. Maybe sometimes they need a little direction because maybe, you know, you know, I didn't have the greatest experience. You know, I mean, my dad died, you know, young, and then I just didn't really have a, lucky. a good tie. You were lucky, honestly, for for your for your upbringing, for where you ended up, and and how and how well balanced you ended up. Like, you you're lucky, man. You didn't end up in a in a gutter. Yeah. You didn't end up in a, you know, in a fucking gang. You didn't end up a piece of shit. Yeah. And and for me, though, I mean, I, I, did, just I, did, a- I did go down the wrong road for a while. just because you're Asian. Probably. I did go down the wrong road for a while. And sure, there's times where it'd be nice. Well, we all have darkness, though. Like, don't don't let anybody like don't don't sugar don't sugarcoat that for anybody. Like, you know, we have what is it? You know, the a man was talking to his grandson and he said, there's there's a battle inside me. There's a, there's a dark wolf and there's a light wolf and the dark wolf is all of these bad traits and he, and he listed them out and the light wolf is all of these bad traits and they're always battling inside me. They're, they're in here. Yeah. And the, and the grandson's like, well, who wins? And he said, the, the wolf that you feed, the wolf that you feed the most is the one that wins. And, and like, don't ignore the fact that everybody has those dark, those dark sides. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, but for you, for you guys out there that are in the same situation where guess what? Your father wasn't in your life or you didn't have one or you passed early. You know, I, I understand your thoughts. I mean, you're a lot of times you think about, yeah, it'd be nice to have that dad to give you that advice or that dad to call you to say, hey, how's it going? You know, or give you 
some bad dad jokes, but you know, uh, found a lot of that, uh, especially you know within the brotherhood, is that you know your friends start filling some of those holes. Yeah, they start giving you that advice. So, so if if you're missing that, you don't have to look far, because you know your friends that have had fathers, and I've had friends that you know their fathers kind of became fatherly to me, yeah. which is awesome. And to this day, you know, I still keep track of them and, and we still stay in contact. So, yeah, I mean, if any of you are struggling in that, definitely reach out, you know, DM us, you know, but, uh, dads are cool. I talked to your dad the other day. Yeah. Met him. He's pretty cool. Yeah. It's actually one of, one of the guys that was at the party texted me after the, after and was like, Hey man, I just want to let you know, you're like, you're pretty lucky. Your dad's pretty awesome. I was like, fuck yeah, I am. Like I know. And I know it. I love my dad. He's awesome. Yeah. He's great. And your mom had some good things to say about your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just reminding myself of that light wolf, dark wolf argument reminded me that the dangers of social media and how, whether you're talking Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, any of these things, your feed is personalized to keep you involved because your attention is how they make money. So if they can keep your attention longer, they make more money. The really, really negative thing there is if you are in one of those dark spots and you're you're engaging with dark ideas and you're more drawn towards reaffirming the darkness than Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, all of them, they're going to give you more darkness and they're going to feed that dark wolf more and more and more and more until until that dark wolf is then winning. And I think that that has something to do with the shit that we're seeing now also is like, if you're lacking the positivity and you're in a dark place and a lot of your time is spent feeding the dark wolf, you end up in a place where you are completely convinced that your, your shitty opinion is, is validated. Because a hundred other people around the world that have a sh- shitty or shittier opinion of you validate your your crappy ideas and the thing that you think is okay to go to go hurt other people because you're hurt. And so be really be really fucking careful about the type of feeds that you are cultivating because of the because of the content that you are interacting with. Yeah. So you got to remind yourself what wolf are you feeding, right? Yeah. All right. I think we're good. We got an hour and seven done. Um, we didn't really solve any problems, but man, we talked some mad shit today. Happy Father's <laughs> Day, all you guys out there. And uh hug your kids. They're only gonna be this age today, and then they're gonna grow up. Yeah, be you. For the guys out there, man. Be you. Be proud of who you are. 